Soma Podcast is a space where we unravel energy layers that reside beneath mainstreams through engagement with people and practitioners, at its core finding settlement and exploring understanding in order to duly aid us in creating more aligned physical and non-physical spaces. I am so blessed to realise the strength that making space and acknowledging self can give, as well as how grounded in authenticity and comfort energetic self-discovery can be. This podcast is for building your own environment and energetic solace with the help of explorative conversational enrichment. Hey. Hey. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, good. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Melly does work around mindful movement, liberation in practice. Ran a print publication called Accidental Discharge while still in high school that printed for multiple years and was distributed nationwide. She's a trained yoga instructor and is currently based out of WA studying Australian Indigenous teachings and cultures. Most recently, she's been conducting a morning meditation group inviting folks to breathe with each other and start the day in community something i've had the privilege of enjoying a few weeks ago yeah so welcome once again thank you (laughs) thanks for having me (laughs) let's kick off the question is where and in what environment would you consider yourself growing up in like what environment did you grow up in I was just thinking about this actually because my upbringing was very rooted in yogic spirituality both of my parents have done different types of yoga trainings and grew up very often visiting ashrams in Perth yeah so it was really interesting because I actually stepped away from that in my teenagehood I needed to discover my own identity with my own spiritual practice and mindfulness practice I'm very interested in this kind of idea of when you're raising children like we had to meditate before we ate and all of those kind of practices that's so crazy so for those who don't know maybe just also explain what ashram is um so an ashram is like I guess my understanding of it is a place of spiritual practice and there's people that live there that devote their life to that and Mm -hmm. then you can come and visit and join in on those teachings and those practices yeah it really differs so I guess for me there was a community of people that lived there and we would go and visit and meditate and eat together and the kids would come run around yeah so that was huge in my upbringing yeah I could imagine having both parents yeah. being yeah. yoga teachers that's so yeah. wild yeah my dad was actually like a massive Osho fan. He flew to his setup thing in America when yeah. he was seventeen. So they've it's been so doing the work, it. like they've been doing that type of work for like yonks, hey. So obviously that looked like meditating before food and stuff like that. How do you feel? Like how do you feel it impacted the moment where you were like, I need to discover myself separate from mm. this? I think that still, you know, growing up in a lot of ways like a dysfunctional family and then it was almost quite disheartening for me because I had this idea that it was a great lesson actually in realizing that even when you do those practices life still happens and the way that you respond is still gonna change and so so massive and I had to find that on my own so I think at first I just stopped the practices because I almost was like well it's not doing anything for me anyway and then when I came back to this idea of embodiment and coming from my body so not from like a left brain or right brain understanding but actually feeling into my body and that's why I'm really interested in embodiment practices of breath where yeah I had this understanding of all of these experiences in my life and everything it's more about 
if I can be present in myself when they're going on. So I probably had that experience maybe when I was like 18, 19, when I first clicked that in my head. And then I slowly came back to all of my upbringing practices. It was really cool. Just out of curiosity, like with the embodiment thing, was there a catalyst at all like for that? Or was it a long-term mulling over and realising? I think so. I had a pretty hard teenage years and Mm. I suffered from eating disorders and a bunch of other things. And it was actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the timing correlated with when I started Accidental Discharge, which was about empowering the female body. I think that's why I'm so interested in the way that embodiment spiritual practices intersect with politics. And I think that they often get left out. But when I came to understand my own being as a female and like this form, and that's how I identify and understanding the way that that's been oppressed when I had the ability to come into my body and feel that I also went back to my spiritual practices because yeah. that's what I'd grown up with. Like yeah, a sort it, of a re-homing. Totally. Yeah. I came back to my home and my body mm-hmm. and I just love that that should be accessible to everyone. It can come in so many different forms. Like I love this idea of practice being just a point in which you feel embodied and that could be doing so many different things. it's really beautiful do you feel like the reason why you kind of drifted maybe out of yourself and out of your body and out of your identity is because of the political stuff like what was going on and what is being shown to us politically for sure you have to almost like unpick all of that unpick the stitching as it's being sewn in order to come back and come into knowing yourself I think again because yeah. you're told the opposite, you know what I mean? You're told to deviate so far, <laughs> I believe, anyways. <laughs> and, yeah, we all get so lost. And that can happen, like, from a really young age and it can happen through, like, family staff or just personal staff or, you know, and all of these other relationships that go on, like, probably at school and whatever. So that's so hectic. And, yeah, I completely can understand that, yeah. So did you say that your fam- – just to touch on a few things, if you're okay mm. with speaking about them – Um. Did you say that you had, like, a pretty dysfunctional family? Is it just because of, like, their unusualness or was it, like, a something more than that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there was a lot of my own just into the interworks of my family, but I have a lot of siblings. I think we've always just been one of those families that has a lot of interesting stories of how it all came together. But, yeah, I grew up with two other half-sisters and then I had a brother and then another little sister. There was, you know, lots of, I guess, dealing with that and my parents separated and that was kind of a hard thing to navigate. Yeah, that um, would so hard for everyone. I can yeah, imagine. I guess it was dysfunctional in ways that a lot of our generation experienced. Yeah. Was it kind of consoling to have your siblings with you through that? Yeah. That would have been really huge, massive mm. support and, and anchoring there for that. That's why your work that you're doing now is so important. I really am so fascinated by this idea of embodiment and like coming into your body and also utilizing community and shared being as a means of strength or strengthening your knowledge of yourself you know what I mean like that's Mm. that's such a cool idea so I would love to hear what you think about what you're doing at the moment I guess it was an interesting journey before I started teaching yoga I was running accidental discharge the way that I believe in what we were doing me and Gemma who's my business partner she's the graphic designer and creative director we 
were facilitating conversations for people to explore their empowerment within their own being through art and writing, which was amazing. And we ran events around that as well. And then we took a break a couple of years ago and I did a really huge training yeah. <laughs> on the break a yoga teacher training and kind of delved I guess into this other part of me that I felt was missing a little bit and since that training I've been really interested in combining the two practices of I guess art and discussing oppression of bodies and people and then also bringing a mindfulness in practice into that and also again in my studies now I'm just learning so much and I'm also so fascinated about the ability for someone to feel pleasure and embodiment that has been so stripped especially in communities especially for people of color or trans non-binary women anyone that is being oppressed will often have trauma stored in the body as well and so then maybe sometimes it also doesn't even feel safe having those practices which I think is why it's so beautiful as well then when you add on community even just between me and my friends when we have been able to come together and experience that the past month it's oh, really what ways have you been and doing that what I've been studying at the moment in mindfulness ways is somatic techniques so oh. one of the biggest things I'm really into at the moment is self-holding and finding areas of the body where you can bring attention to and I'm also really fascinated by exploring pleasure and how pleasure is such an amazing tool in activism as well like if we feel pleasurable in our bodies mm -hmm. and feel love for our community that's like the scariest thing for capitalism ever <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you true. know what I mean Although I feel like I really struggle or it's something that has only come into my knowledge recently, discovering mm -hmm. that aspect of pleasure and being really, truly comfortable in my body is so valuable on a larger yeah. and even social impact sort of way. What you're studying or like what you're working on and, and stuff like that is like so interesting. And with your somatic feeling sort of stuff, maybe unpack what that mm. really looks like in practice for you. Or in my own personal practice, I came to those things last year. It was probably when I started introducing it into my daily practice. I was really anxious and I was having, it was maybe a couple of months. I went through a really full-on breakup and I ended back in my hometown Perth mm. very suddenly. That's when I started doing a couple of courses in this. And so when you enter into your body, say you're feeling a little bit anxious, finding an area for me will often be my chest or my belly and actually applying a little bit of warmth and pressure there and then just slowly drawing my attention to that space and breathing has been huge mm. for me. And there's so much power in finding that area where maybe you're struggling to send the breath to or, you know, when your chest gets all tight and mm. you're like, you can't bring that back down. And I have always struggled with grounding myself. This is probably the most grounded I've ever been in my whole life. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's so good to hear. It's always cool to like see how low you can go with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like it gets yeah. deeper and deeper. Each time you find it, you seem to reach a deeper sense of it which is really really yeah. amazing and I think practices as well of like noticing sensations of material on your skin mm. and your tongue like you can take your tongue and feel all of your teeth and gums and yeah. just coming into all of these really amazing sensations in the body that we often 
aren't even aware of because mm. we're so used to them. Like, you know, you just disassociate yeah. from that feeling. That's yeah. so true. They have kind of been really anchoring me. Did you find it yeah. overwhelming or like really confronting when you started doing those practices? Or do you feel like when you finally found out about these practices, you weren't really afraid of knowing yourself deeply, you know, so you were able to just do mm. it? It was more accessible. I think that was a mixture. I actually really struggled with my first teacher training was so focused on transcending the body what type of yoga it was Iyengar and then it was Amrit yoga so all of the meditation trainings are focused on this idea that you want to experience outside of the body connecting in with spirit which is definitely still a huge aspect for me but I think my body is spirit and I don't want to transcend yeah straight <laughs> up I want to experience it yeah I think it was quite a old kind of a traditional western approach to yoga that maybe is a little outdated I don't think it's helpful to tell people who are having trouble in their body to just disassociate from it we need to address that and go within ourselves to do that exactly um, it's just bypassing otherwise you're just so like skimming over skimming over I'm clean I'm clear I've like reached a relative pinnacle of enlightenment but everything else underneath is like a mess that's what that usually looks like I think or that's what a lot of those older teachings western teachings are inside of spirituality and it's hectic (laughs) undoing that I really thought I was really in my masculine actually this is kind of what made me think that I wasn't even spiritual because I was so simple in the way that I thought about healing and being spirited and knowing yourself right because I also really struggle with grounding and stuff like that and so I was always really simple about it you know what I mean and how you utilize the body and your body specifically as a vessel to understand that I really love environmental integration and like exterior sensation stuff affecting my body and then my spirituality and mentality and that centering me but then you live in the city going outside and sitting on the grass is like somehow not the equivalent of being a yogic teacher or being someone who is deeply spiritual. I feel like spirituality is for everyone and I feel like the way that I like to think about it is a really simplistic way. I say simplistic but I don't think that's what I mean. It's so interesting isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) In in so many elements it is just really simple but Mm. that's maybe why it's such a difficult practice to comprehend yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. And so integrating community into those ideas of like somatic healing and healing through acknowledging self, what does that look like? How do you usually do that? It's been interesting during this time, so it's been connecting all virtually via mm-hmm. online chats. But when I was in Melbourne, I definitely have one friend. Her name's Albie. She's a creative dance teacher. She's about to open a yoga studio Ooh. in Carlton. Amazing. Very soon, called Green Monday. We run workshops together called Conscious Practice. I saw whole those. idea is like where it came from, about community and embodiment practices 
we wanted to find a way, I guess, to combine both of the practices and make it feel like a community gathering rather than a class with a teacher and a student. I saw your workshops, but you had already done them, so I'd missed out. I was like, oh, damn, you know, like I would have loved to have done a few of those. Talk a little bit about that work that you did in there and also what Albie's influence is. So we'll run them again when Green Monday reopens, but basically it started just creating a space for our friends who maybe felt uncomfortable about going to yoga classes because the environment for a lot of yoga classes is actually not that nice. It doesn't feel very safe if you're not a, like, cis, white, fit woman. Yeah, we we spoke about this. Like, 20s and 30s. Yeah. (laughs) So that was the premises for it, and then we also wanted it to be affordable for our friends as well. And basically we just started a day gathering where I led a yoga and meditation, usually a yoga nidra, all focused on ideas around grounding, and we talked about anxiety and tools for just aiding the body with that a little bit and then we would all eat together and we'd run a little art practice where we created some either like a mandala or just anything really we had different materials and people would have to walk around the room silently and we all create a really beautiful piece together and then step away yeah look at it and then also pack it up together which was really nice that's so good yeah it was very nice and then in the afternoon albie took everyone for a creative dance workshop which she trained in mangala so I don't know as much about it as her, but essentially it's also quite similar to yoga in many ways, but it's a way of moving your body and forming different shapes, but through dance and with music. But it's not like structured dancing with techniques and your body has to be in a certain position. It'll be like make a shape of a rock and Mm. then everyone can do whatever shape in their body that they think feels like grounded or like walk around the room with a rope and pretend it's the heaviest rope little activities it was amazing it was really beautiful and then at the end we'd all share and it was just so nice to see everyone from the beginning to the end for people to have that experience and then from there feel like they could walk into a yoga class maybe or do something at home yeah when usually it was like too intimidating to beforehand yeah true i love that trying to integrate and involve people and immerse people in that way physically i think that's so important and i think especially right now where we are societally we actually do need reminding (laughs) of the fact that we live on an earth with other people you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. I think we all have our bubbles and our friends and our bits and bobs, which is good. But then, like, I used to try to do the same sort of thing with food. Last year, I had a lot of dinners and I would often just invite anyone that I really deeply felt needed to be invited, like, regardless of what friend circles were overlapping. And then for one of the last dinners that I had, I got everyone to bring, like, flowers and branches and just something organic, organic bio essentially and yeah we all assembled it together after having this like christmas feast that's so nice yeah exactly it was it was just (laughs) the best it was the most blessed thing honestly there were heaps of people there who either came by themselves or like didn't know anyone and yeah it was just nice to see everyone really realizing other people which i think we often can forget or neglect to do a lot of the time yeah i think even in 
spiritual practices, so much of it is focused on solo journeys. It's really important to have that time and those certain circumstances where you are focused on that journey within yourself. But I think that as a society, we're very isolated even when we do see people. And that ability to really connect in with community is just so healing and special. Yeah, it is. As I said, it's really cool that you guys did all of those things last year. I'm excited to see what it looks like when it starts again and when Green Mondays have been happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess just to backtrack a little bit um, to uh, kind of like um, actionable things that you can do as far as anxiety is concerned. So like doing a bit of breath work and you know, holding yourself and and stuff like that. Um, Can you explain what is actually going on? Like, have you learnt about, like, uh, what is happening when we do that? Like, on a on an internal basis or even in a in a like, if that's triggering anything mentally for us to be able to step into a point that, you know, is allowing us to feel more in in ourselves yeah 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 so um when we well I guess actually most of the time in our lives at the moment we operate on a flight fright or freeze mode Mm. which is like a natural human instinct that we had um and we would usually use it if we were in danger and that's when the adrenaline kicks in you know in your body and you are escaping danger and because we don't really have that in our society as much anymore like that need for a quick escape or something but we are experiencing it all the time like say with our phone if our phone goes off Mm -hmm. you will have this little it's so deeply innate in our body we probably aren't even aware of just how alert and highly strung we are all the time so I feel um, like I'm I am so with I just am doing this protocol at the moment and I'm I've always been a very sensitive person um but like right now or within the past three weeks more so than ever at least I've felt so insanely sensitive to like all of these things you know what I mean yeah. like and it's yeah. not even an anxiety thing anymore it's just like it's just yeah it's the fact that you're by plugging in you're stuck or almost automatically you know what I mean in yeah. the state yeah. because of you know how electricity works and you know and the fact that you have a western life etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah you know, there are things that are inescapable. yeah totally so it's like you're pretty much plugged in all the time even Mm. if you don't want to be yeah and we haven't been given the tools just like unless we go out and search for them on how to regulate those um sensitivities in our body and calm our nervous system down so like you know i am so the same my nervous system is constantly fried Mm. because just from, you know, one day of working on your laptop all day or something, you will notice it. And the more that you come into these practices, you'll actually notice when you go back into that yeah. kind of frenzy. It's really interesting and it you start is. to pick it up more and more. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess just to say an example of that, um, 
So I, at the beginning of the year, I was doing like solidly 20 minutes meditation and breath work, sometimes like every day, once at least, sometimes two to three times I would do breath work. Um, yeah, like every day. And then, and you know, I was kind of being able to align myself you know, or just be a bit more sensitive and attuned of like when I was getting fatigued and like what I needed to do, like in order to yeah. stop that and mitigate the issues. And then all of a sudden I stopped doing the breastwork, but I was still meditating and I was like fine. But then I started getting like really anxious. Breastwork is really good for anxiety. I've got to say um, mm. it's absolutely the I don't like even just five minutes, less than less than five minutes, you know, um, and y- y- like it'll your whole day can change, you know, or like after a time, yeah. your whole day can change. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so I stopped doing the breath work, but was still meditating. But then my anxiety spiked and then. I stopped meditating as well because I was too yeah. anxious. And, so, <laughs> and then it created this like flow on effect. And then I just could not do anything. And I was like constantly wired and just, yeah, it's been so insane. And I'm just getting back into the rhythm of breastwork mm. now. And already yeah. I can just, because during the time where I was not doing breathwork, I was like uh, taking heaps of adaptogens, you know what I mean? Just to like yeah. soothe without having to do work to soothe myself um and (laughs) um and then yeah I just was like okay I probably need to like actually take initiative and and do some stuff now so yeah yeah just yeah I noticed if I don't do it I always do it as soon as I wake up and if I don't it changes my day drastically like the way I respond yeah it's so crazy it's so crazy like you can take as much stuff as you like like b vitamin complex Mm. you know adaptogen stuff whatever you can take as much of it as you like but i swear to god nothing works as well as far as anxiety my anxiety is concerned as just five minutes breath work in the morning. Yeah, first same. Yeah. And isn't that, like, such an empowering tool to it know is. that you don't even have to go and buy any, like, you know, that <laughs> yeah. it's insane. It is. <laughs> it is just there and it's for you and you don't even – the thing is, like, okay, so there's there's obviously niche and you're, like, that's your specialisation, like, like, niche ways of being able to breathe and how to really utilise it as a, as a fully integrated tool. But if you don't – if you if that's like daunting, you can just do like a quick guided one. I think they're like a minute yeah. and thirty seconds. I think yeah. you know, and and it'll have like headings for things, and you just pick one, and it's easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just in and out. It's yeah. just through yeah. the nose, out the mouth. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. you're done. Even you know, as soon as you take three deep breaths, where you're focusing on okay, I'm inhaling. And I'm exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. You do that three times, you're already entering into the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. So you're like coming out of that kind of frenzy and that real stuck anxious mode. Yeah. And like changing or changing the way that your body's going to react to whatever the situation was. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah, you don't even need to, you know, you can build up to those things, but you can just start with, I'm going to take 10 deep breaths this morning. Yeah, true. 
Exactly. So good. It is. And it should be the... Honestly, if you are going to do breath work or start doing it, I believe it should be the first thing that you do in the morning. If you're going on your phone... The first app that you click is the app with the breathwork yeah. thing in it or whatever. I don't know. Because I do a guided one um, just because it. I like that it tracks it, one. And then yeah. two, <laughs> um, I like that it can tell me what to do regardless of how tired I am. Because sometimes yeah. you're if, – if I don't have – in the morning with morning breathwork, if I don't have someone telling me, I often will just be like – no, nah, you know what I mean? So it just yeah. it feels like someone's reminding me, okay, yeah. this is what you're doing right now, you know, and yeah. just to kind of be more present for it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, breath work, crazy. <laughs> I kind of went on a bit of a tangent there. But... Soma Performances and Gallery Space is currently operating digitally via Instagram. For more information on upcoming performances and gallery viewings, visit at SomaAI underscore on Instagram. Friday, May 22nd, Emma Russick, Case Kaya and Tom Cooney will be performing live on Soma's Story from 7.45pm. The performance will be available for playback and downloading via our Bandcamp, somare.bandcamp.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. But yeah, so we were talking about though you know somatic somatic feelings fight flight stress responses we're staying in that state for a long time um you know what what is going on when we do decide to engage in uh you know somatic feeling coming into our bodies somatic in a somatic feeling way sensory way Mm. yeah so um Within our nervous system, there's, like, that flight-fright mode and then there's when we switch to the other side, it's parasympathetic, and that is when it slows the heart rate down Mm. and we begin to focus, I guess, the body starts to come into a state of relaxation. Mm. So that's it's really interesting because that's how we should be living all the time and then we go into the other mode when we need to. (laughs) Can you imagine not having this underlying, (laughs) bubbling, like, little bit of, like, you know, around, oh, God, that would be beautiful to go. so beautiful. I'd be getting so much sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wouldn't be succumbing to playing words with friends at, like, you know, at ungodly hours of of the night. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) yeah (laughs) no that's yeah okay yeah it's it's really interesting but you know that's why we come back to these practices and that's I am such a huge fan of yin yoga as well which that's what the whole unpack that yeah unpack that because I've heard so much about yin yoga and I still I've been hesitant to like do heaps of reading into it I'm hesitant to do heaps of reading into things without actually just doing them these days. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because I feel like obviously everyone responds to things differently and then you read something and it's someone's like individual perspective on this thing yeah. that you could have a different feeling about. Yeah. Yeah. In, in is an interesting topic, isn't it? Um, so I've trained in both yin and also restorative, which they're both quite different, but they're, I guess, um, 
Maybe I should talk about restorative. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about both of them. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, so with my constitution, if we're looking at Ayurveda, which is, I guess, a, um, they're in, that's in relationship, the philosophy in relationship with yoga. Mm, um, is it? Is, is it always or is it? Is it's, it, it shouldn't, it's technically not always, but I think that it's like should be because that's how traditionally um, – it's like the lifestyle to the practice oh, in many ways. Okay. So your constitution, um, say, so I'm Vata. If I look at... Yeah, I'm Vata. If I look at... Yeah. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into it. I'm really into Ayurveda, but I didn't realise that it aligned so uh, closely to... Um, yeah, they align. It's really interesting if you look back. Um, that's what the teachings were. So my constitution should only be practicing certain types of yoga mm. and it'll change probably as I age and it'll change depending on the person and who really? they are. I didn't realize you could change it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my God. I thought you were like stuck, you know? Yeah, no. And so you have imbalance, like you'll go in and out of different imbalances mm. your whole life, depending on your environment and what's going on around you. Yeah, um, I'm so curious. To... About, sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, I'm so curious about how that, what that looks like. You know, like the environment's impact. Oh, sometimes like it's blatant things. You know what I mean? But mm. can you imagine if we understood how deep running these environments affected us? you know, so that we were able to, inside of our modern life, this is my, this is my dream, you know, Mm. inside of our modern life, we were able to integrate, you know, and, and kind of like play with our environment and get it to a way that's like perfect for us at that point in time and can also shift with us simultaneously and, you know, is kind of adaptive in that way and yeah yeah can you imagine i don't know yeah i know yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's like yeah that's more sleep my once favorite again. thing is that when you <laughs> have to go out and do something but you know it's not right for you yeah at that point in time like it'd be so cool if yeah we had the ability to honor when yeah. we need to rest yeah because that's such a huge thing it is um but and i mean that's kind of correlates with restorative yoga and this idea of um regulating the nervous system but basically we don't know how to rest Mm. in our society like we don't know where it's so i still struggle with it sometimes i feel so uncomfortable doing nothing Mm. like just coming into in restorative the whole idea is that your body is actually in a state of restoring so you, you shouldn't be feeling a huge stretch anywhere in the body like everything should be held and supported mm. so say if you're in a child's pose you'd have a bolster you'd have blankets like you should just be the most comfortable yummy position yeah, ever and it can be so hard because you'll be there for like 15 minutes yeah and it's such an intense practice and yeah. i don't think you know um that's yeah, so like much the- harder than doing a vigorous vinyasa yeah imagine yeah, it's, I, um, it, it took me a really long time to be able to practice it. Yeah, I. Now that you framed it in that way, I think I understand what happened. Like I, I did this online yoga teachings with home bodies, which is an amazing, 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 mm. amazing class. Yeah, I love um, them. Yeah, 
I cried though after the Hatha flow on the Monday Hatha flow because I was just I felt so because I think it, um, now that you how you've explained it, restorative I think all of home body's practices based around yeah. restorative yoga um, yeah because you know the blankets and the comforting which is absolutely not something that I'd ever experienced in my yoga practice before it was I was yeah. doing yoga on the verge of Pilates I was doing like you know like the yeah vinyasa flow like <laughs> big stretches real like you know um and so being reminded of myself and having the breath so deeply attached and integrated to movement was so confronting for me and it actually weirdly it made me so uncomfortable that it I think it stressed me out but um (laughs) but it was like it was good it was good because I was remembering myself but it was yeah it was insane I was like oh my god (laughs) why am I so emotional and you know like why am I what what's going on here you know what I mean so it's yeah it's good to know now what yeah I think that that's so it's beautiful because I think that is such a um great way to experience the practice like Mm. if that's happening for you you know it's like you're really in there experiencing it yeah I yeah I've walked away from so many classes especially restorative classes just pouring my eyes out yeah why do I feel like (laughs) exactly oh my god I'm so glad someone else has said this because as I said like it was my first experience with yoga where I was like oh my god you know like oh my god what am I doing yeah um yeah anyways so restorative (laughs) yoga uh, yin yoga as well yes yes so yin works on a different way in that you're um Oh, gee, I haven't talked about yin in a really long time. Um, <laughs> so yin's actually based off uh, traditional Chinese medicine teachings as well. Oh, and, okay. Um, How is that, like, it, involved in that? I don't know. It, it was someone, I can't remember what their name is, but someone was had studied yoga and then they were also a um, T, what is it, TCM oh, practitioner. Okay. Yeah. And they were interested in working um, in a new way with the teachings, I guess, in regulating. um, It's the same essential practice, regulating the nervous system, but through holding longer poses. So in a um, Hatha class, you might be working on building muscles, Mm -hmm. maybe. So that'll be the focus. But then in Yin, because you're holding the pose for, you have to hold for like three to five minutes. It can go for longer as well you can then access the um, tissues around the muscles and you actually start to relax and strengthen them as well as soften. So you're going into this deep flexibility within the body. Yeah. And what happens when you do that is often emotions will come up as well because, as we know, we store emotions in different places in our body. Mm. So that's, like, (laughs) another reason you often feel, especially if you're working into the hips, like I've left gym classes that were heavy focused on the hips, just actually feeling really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's really 
amazing when it happens and it's very confronting it is you kind of sometimes you don't actually want to go back because well yeah I just made the really (laughs) tough decision of yeah deciding not to continue um just doing yoga with homebodies or any at all at the moment just because yeah because that was my first class having that experience it was really big for me and then also um yeah, I, I think I'm just going to need time <laughs> to like just, just to come back and, and yeah, you know, you and integrate that into your life. It mm, takes a while. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. And we were focusing on back, I think, like on the back mm. that day. So I don't know what that means about... Like on the spine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the spine. So I don't know Ooh. what that... Does that mean anything? Like, do you find that? Because I swear, I swear I heard somewhere that like uh, body, parts of the body where you store energy means, where you store, sorry, um, stress and, and stuff like that means something. Like if it's stored in a specific area. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I haven't like looked into it a lot, but off my knowledge, I'm pretty sure well, if you're focusing on lower spine, that's security and grounding. Mm. But then it's interesting working all the way up the spine. I mean, it could be usually that would correlate to that groundness, which, and if you're saying struggle <laughs> with being grounded. Well, you know what's interesting is that we're both so used to not being like that. So it's actually really confronting and scary to come into a space where you have to be accountable for. Mm. Um, being held in your body and exactly. you just say no this isn't this isn't how I operate like, yes <laughs> and that's what I'm learning that's why I freaked out that's why that's what I'm learning yeah. that's what I'm having issue with that's what I'm trying to move through but I feel like mm. I'm really I'm you know I, I should probably keep doing the classes but my instinct is to intellectualize it, you know what I mean? And try and yeah. unpack it in that way. And so now I'm like, so like me. Yeah. And so now I'm like, you know, just keep just keep it keep the body keep the body here and the brain yeah. here and you know. Um so I'm doing all of that. Um yeah, I <laughs> I don't know, Bailey. I'm just like, yeah, I, uh, I just, yeah, I'm still learning. I think that that's a big thing yeah. for me. I have heaps of shadow around that. Um, like, yeah, just feeling in my body, especially also cause I'm trans as well. Um, I think, yeah, just understanding and knowing myself is really scary. I think for me because yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not fully, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've done so much work to distance myself from that, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's huge then, like, entering into a space of doing a class like that. Like, doing that every week can actually also – this is another huge thing, I think, that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. in the whole yoga world <laughs> is, like, um, you've got to go at your own pace and you have to have – if you're doing – classes where you're coming into an embodied experience mm-hmm. um and you don't have well so for my personal experience I had so much trauma come up for me and I wasn't seeing anybody to talk to about that's it. that's right yeah and it was like 
I actually just went downhill for ages yep. after my training because I had no way of intellectualizing what was going on because it was a body-based thing. That's right. And I'm so used to being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes. No, that's... And, you know, so I had to integrate it into my life and it took like two years yeah because I didn't know when it first happened what was going on and what did you do to like integrate you know what I mean I'm curious because yeah this is obviously something that I'm really coming up coming up at right now as we kind of speak you know what I mean like yeah yeah yeah, so yeah what did you what did you do um I so when I finished my training I went through a year of, um, it was very interesting. I still had my practice, but I, and I was still teaching actually, but actually I think this is good to talk about. I haven't really talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my mental health was very low and I'd had so much childhood trauma and, um, body stuff come up for me. And when, I must have been a year and a half. My mental health deteriorated like very rapidly, and I was. It was very interesting, still connecting to that, um, those mindfulness practices, but then also realizing. Did you say you also str- sorry? Did you say you also struggled with eating disorder stuff? As yeah. Well? yeah, yeah. I also, <laughs> I also yeah. did, um, really intensely, um, and so maybe that's. Maybe that's something that just it's kind a of huge to me. trigger yeah. into your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because yeah. that was my coping mechanism mm. was not being in it. Yeah. So that I yeah. So um, and I wasn't given. I think it was actually you know we have to be able we have to be conscious of that mindfulness practices should go hand in hand with also going to therapy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and. Um, no one really talks about that as much either. And I think that that's where you start to integrate it is when you can begin to discuss kind of what came up for you and then you integrate that back into your life through the practices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, so, that's yeah, so I'm true. a huge advocate for good old Good old therapy, therapy yeah, <laughs> alongside practice. I think it's really crucial, um, mm. especially if you have had major, major trauma. And for me, major, yeah. like trauma is obviously a, a spectrum and, you know, everyone experiences trauma differently and everyone's trauma is valid is the other thing I will say. But the moment that you realise that something that happened to you was actually really bad or not right, you know, and whether it was from someone else doing something to you or you doing something to yourself or some, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the moment that you realize that you have to, you have to get that, you have to, you have to do, you have to get the the therapeutic aspects in place for sure and you have to talk yeah. about it well you don't have to talk about it obviously like go at your own pace but you know um doing work like this I think to a certain extent is going to be really taxing if you don't also understand it logically what yes. happened to you you know um yeah yeah so 
Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting, hey, because I think that that's also a dangerous thing in the yoga industry or any wellness industry that kind of advocates for um, types of self-healing but then don't also acknowledge that there's also an element of, like, being aware of that you might need to go and see a therapist at the mm. same time. Well, that's – those it's, communities are are, in, are based out of privilege, you know, and the people yeah, who totally. have privilege. And so it's all about feeling good and spiritual bypassing and bypassing mm-hmm. in general. Um, and, you know, you can – like, the whole – the fitness – fitness is an idea – I've always really struggled with, you know what I mean? Like I love being, I love being active and going out and doing things for sure. But I've never loved the idea of fitness in the sense that, yeah, you you typically are buying into privilege and su- suppressing, even though this thing that you're doing is supposed to be, you know, letting letting things out you know yeah. how counter yeah. intuitive is that and counterproductive as well um yeah you completely defeat the purpose it's so bad that it's yeah and it's happening so often yeah like yeah it's it's very like i think that it's a huge thing that needs to be talked about more and made more aware of in because yoga is totally part of the fitness industry now yeah which is so bizarre in so many ways it's so bizarre <laughs> it's so bizarre like because you know and and when you think about it the only way that it's really gotten there is by stripping it back and down and reducing it and you know to this concentrated thing of like okay what can we squeeze into this 60 minute session that we have okay yeah. people want to be active like they you know we need to be we need to we need to get more active elements in here because people aren't interested in you know the meditation or the coming into your body or the any of that sort of stuff like so how do yeah. we how do we engage people how do we get people back here each week so that yeah. you know we can keep our doors open so obviously it's a necessity thing to a certain extent but like it is really dangerous that that's happened with yoga i think specifically and all you know many other types of fitness things for sure but you know because yoga is so yeah deeply spiritual it's just weird I think (laughs) it is it's very weird so weird um we spoke so many questions let's round it out one last question you are currently studying indigenous cultures australian indigenous cultures and stuff like that way back at the beginning you kind of spoke briefly about how you doing your studies are actually intersecting with the work that you already know so yoga and meditating and community and how Mm. you look at community I think that would be so Mm. interesting to dive into yeah so I started studying at the beginning of this year but I guess I've been so my mum on my mum's side uh we're Polynesian like Pacifica from Hawaii cool and the past couple of years I've been going there and spending time with my family there and learning about this whole other element of my life that was alluded to in my childhood but I didn't know that much about because my grandparents were growing up during colonization and highly affected by what happened there so that kind of came into my sphere maybe three or four years ago 
and I started doing more work around it and I then this year decided to go and have a degree in Indigenous Studies because I think that the... Oh, it's such a huge one to unpack. Even just before when we were talking about trauma stored in the body, like we already know that you carry trauma from your parents and your grandparents and so forth. Back, like there's a whole line of ancestral trauma that we store. Yeah. And when you talk about something as huge as colonization, it's so big. But basically, what I started realizing a couple of years ago and even more so now as I'm studying is. So these mindfulness practices in the West, they're so centred around, well, firstly, it's so privileged mm. and it's only really offered to people that can afford the luxury, in quotation marks, of accessing it. And that's where my ideas of community, I guess, have come in, in that I think it's actually a very Western approach of a kind of solo mission journey I'm going to get to some place on my own mm. and I'm going to be like a spiritual enlightened being just me, me, mm. me, me kind yeah. of orientated. And when you look at other cultures and the way that they live, like we have totally lost that element of community and taking accountability within your community as well. And that collective coming together. Yeah. So I started doing this study and it's just, it's incredible. And I just don't see how my spiritual practices can't acknowledge like I need to be able to sit and acknowledge all of the complexity within this country that I have been brought up in and acknowledge the complexity of the country that my grandparents were brought up in and it comes back to that spiritual bypassing and my spiritual practice is this whole world and like the mess that it's been in and the amount of trauma that's been inflicted on people and the environment they go so hand in hand for me. Like one doesn't exist without the other. Yeah. And then we're from within that. I'm just, you know, the whole point of so much of colonization and also to the point of now where we're at in society is disempowering people who have been marginalized. Mm. And the biggest thing that you can do within that is take empowerment of yourself and your community. There's this incredible essay by Audre Lorde that is about coming into the around pleasure politics and that she talks oh that's so good but basically the essential practice of it is the biggest thing that you can do to reject this this disturbing society that we're living in is coming into that empowerment not within just yourself but within your community yeah and that's just so beautiful and so powerful and yeah I'm really loving it like yeah that's That's what we're taught is to actually hate ourselves yeah and if that is so amazing that in return of loving ourselves we give love to our community and we're also rejecting this notion that we shouldn't be here yeah that's so true and that's so that's so massive and i that resonates just so deeply i don't know that's crazy and it's so amazing to hear you say these words that i'm sure a lot of people have thought but haven't been able to really process or really put at the mm. forefront yet so yeah because that's how I feel about it I feel like yeah I've kind of thought about these things but then I'm still so immersed in culture and the disturbing society that we live in that I yeah. I forget that little blip where I'm like oh what about me and then also what about others 
in relativity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's just like the most radical thing that we can do is to love ourselves and our community. And that's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, um, <laughs> Maylee. This has been oh, amazing. And it's been such thank a you. privilege to speak to you about all these things that I really love. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, um, and find really important. Thank you once again. Mm. Thank you for giving me the time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You can find Marley on Instagram at Marley Shanti and links to any resources mentioned throughout the episode at our website.